What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 1078 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. Today, we're speaking with Catherine, who has a brand new podcast called The Shift Podcast, as well as a business clinic called The Shift Clinic. Dot com And she helps people through wellness in her very special way. And she has a growing community. She wants to expand that community. She wants to make sure that the podcast and the community sort of speak well together. And obviously, in the end, she wants people to go deeper into her various offerings and products. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. There's some stopping points and some things that are holding her back. But what is really interesting that you'll hear is that she came very prepared with a lot of questions and we dive into a lot. So this will be a fantastic episode. And again, you should check her out at The Shift Podcast. This is Catherine Maslin. And before we get to that, I just want to say, hey, thanks to everybody who has supported my upcoming book. It's coming out in about two and a half weeks from this point of publication for this podcast. And I'm really excited. There's been a lot of people talking about it already. It's called Super Fans. And in my eyes, it's the best way to grow your business, not let's get new traffic. Let's, you know, do Yes, those things are important to SEO. Yeah, that's important. But you know what is better and more fun? Building super fans in your business who will help grow your business for you and bring warm people in. And so this is what this whole book is about. And if you want to check it out, you can actually get it pre-ordered right now. And when it launches, if you pre-order it before launch, as soon as it launches, you'll also get the audiobook for it as well. Already been recorded. It's already available and it'll be given to you after the launch, but you can pre-order it now. If you go to askpat.com slash superfans, again, one more time, askpat.com slash superfans, you can pre-order that and you'll get the audiobook, whether it's the Kindle version or the print version. But we're gonna have a massive launch. It'll be exciting and I'm thankful for your support. So again, askpat.com slash superfans. All right, now let's get to the conversation with Catherine from The Shift Podcast and The Shift Clinic. Here we go. Catherine, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you take a quick moment to tell everybody listening and myself a little bit about you and how you got to where you're at today. So my name is Catherine Maslin. I am a naturopath and nutritionist by trade, and I've been seeing patients for about 12 years, but I'm also the founder of a business called Shift. So Shift is a wellness company where we focus on offering people care to work through the journey of wellness. So we believe that wellness is a journey that has ups and downs, and it's how we navigate that that determines the success that we will have moving through that. So that's what we do. I'm also the host of The Shift podcast, which is actually going to be released today. Congratulations. (laughs) That's awesome. Everybody should go check that out. Yeah. So this is really timely. Um, Yeah. So that's what I do. That's cool. The Shift podcast. I'd love to know a little bit more about why you're calling it The Shift. Is it there needs to be a shift in the industry? Is there a shift in in a person's mindset? Like let us in on a little bit of the behind the scenes there. So whenever you have a big change in your life, whether it be health or or anything else, really, there needs to be a shift that occurs. So for some people, this might be a really big shift. For other people, it might be small shifts that lead to these big results. But one thing we know for sure is this shift or change needs to occur. So the shift explores the concept of how we make the shift, what information do we need, what mindset do we need, how have other people made the shift so that we can then make our own shifts in our life. Um, The first season, we're focusing on gut health and how to help people shift their gut health in the right direction. Love it. So important. So The Shift Podcast, do you have a website that we could direct people to as well? Yep. It's theshiftclinic.com forward slash gut. 
All right. And the last question I have before we dig in a little bit is about the business itself. Like what's the business model there? Is it mostly coaching or are there courses? Let us in on that a little bit. So we do virtual memberships. So we service people anywhere in the world and we primarily use naturopathic care. So we're doing one-on-one consultations with people guiding them through the wellness journey, as well as things like hypnosis, counseling, and emotional wellness, because we have a really big emphasis on that. I have a physical business in Brisbane, Australia, where we do that as well. And then we're beginning to build out some online products too. Fantastic. That sounds like a well-rounded business there. And I'm excited to dig in. So why don't we get started? Just tell me what's on your mind right now. So what I wanted to have a conversation with you about is this is the first time I've launched a podcast. I've been talking about it for a while, but it's happening. <laughs> and I, one of the focuses of the shift is I really want to build a powerful community that's well engaged, where we can really help people and help each other to make that shift. And then how does that then flow through to the product side? So building this robust community where there's a lot of love and there's a lot of stuff going on there and then moving into offering people products to help them on the back of that. Perfect. Well, a podcast is a great way to support a business like the one that you have. Before I share some of my ideas for community and getting people from the podcast into the community, into the products, I'd love to know a little bit from your end in terms of what you think the podcast is going to help with overall in your business. I mean, why are you even creating this podcast in the first place? So I've spent six months creating this podcast. So I've I've thought about it a lot. And really what I want to do is open up new channels business-wise, new audiences, be able to reach more people. But also there's 12 episodes in season one and they're all going to be released today at the same time. And it takes people on this journey. So it is highly produced podcast. It's sort of an audio documentary style, I guess. So cool. And yeah, and my hope is that by the end of that, they really understand what they need to do to make a shift. They really have some self-empowerment stuff, but I want them to be ready to take that next step and take personal empowerment for their health and do something. And that might be taking the advice that we have in the podcast. It might be jumping in the group and getting support. But for a lot of people, they will want to work with us and actually get medicine and be guided through this process. So we have a product called Gut Shift, which is an online automated 12-week product where they get some group support, etc. And then we have our virtual membership. So my hope with the podcast is raising awareness, you know, getting it out there, but also really By the time people work with us, I want them to really understand the why behind what they're doing. And I think that the podcast will achieve that really well. I think so, too. So is the the main call to action into this gut program coming from the show or are there other sort of means of working with you or taking action with you from it? There's a few levels. So we have a group. So in the podcast, there's a few promos. There's one getting people to join the group. There's one asking people to take a quiz that we have so they can do that for free. And then from there, taking further action. So potentially doing the online product. And if they need something a little bit more than the virtual membership, which is a six month membership. Got you. Is the group free to join? Yes. That's fantastic. So that's where community will likely start to really form. What kinds of things are you going to do in the group that kind of work with the podcast and kind of keep it on top of people's minds? So it's going to be managed by myself and our other naturopaths. And I guess because I've been doing a bit of research and looking at a lot of other online groups. And what I find is there's a lot of these groups where they're just not managed very well from a from a health perspective. There's a lot of people giving erroneous advice and that type of thing. So I want to make it a group where people can get advice and the right advice. I want to do quite a few live Q&As, so live videos, you know, getting people on that and just offering up, you know, great content, I guess. 
Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, this, we're off to a great start here because really community, you know, you think of the word community, communication is a very similar word. And in order for a thriving community to really form, you need communication and you need proper communication. So for you to go in there and, and share the right material and, and come at it from a perspective of actually wanting to help people is, is great. Allowing for people to speak up and ask questions and, and you showing up as sort of the host and the leader, that's that's great. Every community needs a leader. And when the leader doesn't show up or the leader isn't very present, it's a lot more difficult. It's not impossible, but it's a lot more difficult for a community to thrive without that sort of leadership and that go-to person who can help sort of inspire and educate everybody else. The other part about this that I hadn't really heard yet is how are you going to involve and encourage communication with each other, not you to the group and the group to you, but the group to each other. This is the magic formula of communities is when groups are encouraged to share with each other. Have you given any thought to this? I have some ideas, but I, I wanted to, to hear from you first. I have thought about it and it is that that one key too because I want them to be able to help each other. But also I'm aware with Facebook that it can take because this is where we're going to build it to begin with, is that it can take a little bit to get that engagement happening because of logarithms or whatever's going on. But I don't know, actually. I would love to hear your suggestions around this. Yes. So great. This is a great topic because actually we're, and, and this is a Facebook group, right? Not a Facebook page. Group, yes. Group. Okay, perfect. Because we're starting to hear now a lot of social media moguls talking about where social media is headed, especially Facebook with a lot of the recent news and the privacy issues and Mark Zuckerberg's recent F8 sort of keynote talking about how the future is private. Actually, a lot of our public social channels like our pages and our regular profiles are going to be seen less. And what Facebook is wanting to encourage is the groups and privacy and messages. So you're actually doing all the right things. I don't even know if you knew all this stuff was happening, but all that to say you're headed in the right direction, which is great. And really, like you said, it's going to take some time for people to get used to seeing this as a place to go to because People want to be with other people just like them. And there's some amazing things you can do in groups like this, such as, and, and, and I, I only do it on a small part. I know I could even do it a little bit better in my Facebook group. But for example, we have every Friday the ability for people to, in my space of entrepreneurship, you know, have a place for them to share their, their thing, whatever their business is. We have a post that goes out on Friday that has basically gives them permission to spam, if you will. But it's a really cool thing because you start to see everybody's stuff and everybody starts to share everything with each other. Other groups that I know of and am a part of encourage wins. So they have like wins Wednesday. Every Wednesday, everybody, you're going to share your latest win with everybody. And that really encourages the group to share with each other. And they go, yeah, great job, Rachel. Like you're amazing. People start to follow along with each other and they even connect privately inside the group through messages. I mean, you as a facilitator of this group are able to start seeing relationships form there, which is really amazing under you. And that only heightens your brand and, and you being the common factor, it just elevates the brand. And what happens when you have the group talking to each other and they, and they start finding their people there is they're going to invite other people like them into the group too. And this is why this is so important. So, you know, welcoming new members in a way that makes them feel special, right? And so one thing that you can do with your admins that you have in there, or maybe over time, you're going to find some power users in the group. It's important to reward them for being very active, right? Because they're going to continue to be active and they're going to continue to feel great about being a part of almost the kind of group leadership, if you will. And one thing that I uh, am going to start doing in some of my groups is having a welcome committee. So some way to recognize 
people who are brand new to the group and, you know, giving them a shout out or allowing them to sort of share a little bit about themselves. This is something I do in my paid groups where I encourage people to go in and introduce themselves and and share a little bit about themselves. And I encourage everybody who's already in the group to always welcome and make those members feel welcomed. And I think like that's sort of level one of, you know, getting the group to communicate with each other, to make each other feel welcome. Are those sparking any ideas for you? Absolutely. I think that's a really good idea. And it's funny you said that about the future of social media, because I just feel like something's going to change. And almost I have this fear around Facebook and have even been looking at, you know, paid platforms or getting my own app designed and taking the community off Facebook completely. What do you think about that? Great question. I think that a lot of people are in the same camp as you, just kind of a little bit worried, right? I mean, I think groups are here to stay, especially with Facebook obviously not going anywhere tomorrow. But who knows? MySpace was the thing for a while and now it's gone, right? So I think that a lot of people are looking for other options. I still think Facebook groups is the number one place to have a community right now. But thinking ahead and determining, okay, well, what if it were to go away? Where could we bring people? And this is really exciting because we're seeing other platforms where we have a little bit more control pop up. If everything is headed toward privacy and close-knit groups and your your own communities, it makes sense that these companies are popping up now. And there's one in particular that potentially you could look at for the future, and it's called Mighty Networks. And it is from a woman founder who also founded a company called Ning, N-I-N-G, back in the day. And it was actually a place where you could essentially create your own Facebook in a way. And it was pretty cool, but it was a little bit clunky and and she sold it off. And I think Mighty Networks is her new big thing. And, And somebody who I follow and admire, Dan Miller, is building his community there now. And I'm hearing a lot of great things about it and new features are coming out and I would definitely recommend exploring it. It it seems like if you know that you're going to have a tight-knit group of people and you want to have control over how communication is done there and you don't want the sort of outside influences of being on Facebook, kind of, uh, you know, the algorithms and the, uh, you know, all the political stuff that's happening there and the other messages, if you want your own community, Mighty Networks right now is the place that I think would be worth researching at least to start. Thank you. That's really good advice. Because I guess the other thing is part of our programs is we are trying to get people to unplug from social media a little bit, you know, for their mental health and trying not to be exposed to negativity. So it is that sort of values misalignment a little bit to be like, stop using Facebook, but be in our group. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. And I, you know, my team and I, we, we actually had that literally the same discussion about encouraging people to, you know, focus more on their own communities versus, you know, uh, getting on social media, which is pretty toxic and can waste a lot of time and you can fall into these traps there and waste a lot of energy and and time and frustration. We are looking at Mighty Networks as something for potentially the future too. And you're right, like encouraging people to go, hey, you know what, like you have your health and your mental, you know, emotions to, to think about, like come into this place, it's safe. You're away from all the toxicity out there. That could be a great option. And a lot of people are flocking to Mighty Networks now. So that that could be kind of good to explore. It could be, and, and that's not to say you should go there now or you even have to be there anytime soon, but it could be a good sort of phase two for your community. And I think that, and I would probably, you know, foreshadow that your audience would, would like a place that's, you know, safe and, and your own that you can control outside of Facebook. So I wonder too um, about, paid communities. With the Gutshift program, they'll have their own private community. And in there, we just will offer more value, more content, more support, essentially. So a bit of a higher level version of that. 
So what I was thinking was once they finish the program, so they have their 12 weeks and I was thinking of charging like just a small fee for them to retain the ability to stay in that group so they have access to the Q&As, they have access to that content. What do you recommend around that? Well, Mighty Networks, again, could be an, an option because I know you can create different groups and have different badges for people, I believe. And, you know, you can have private groups within that Mighty Network that you yeah, that you build for example, your paying members. I'm not sure, however, in terms of like collecting those payments, if that's done within Mighty Networks or would that be done separately? And then you kind of unlock that ability to be in that group or create a new group just for those people. I know that, for example, I have members of my premium courses who each have different Facebook groups for each of those different courses. And those aren't sort of based on subscription model, but I know some people who do have outside of Facebook, a payment method for subscription and renewal then gives them access to the Facebook group, like literally a Facebook group. And, you know, it's only available to those people. And, you know, once they cancel an admin or or a VA goes in and goes, okay, I'll find that group member in the Facebook group. And I'll cancel their payment on, you know, Stripe or what have you, and then I'll remove them from the group. That's how it's run. It's kind of clunky, right? Because it's a bunch of different things. Again, I'm not sure if Mighty Networks is the hub for the payment part, but I'm I'm pretty sure that it is also something that you could do to have like, you know, the private area for the premium members, but they're still within the same community. Does that make sense? Mm, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That would be a good solution related to that. What else is on your mind related to this? So we have the podcast, we have this community. What other what other ecosystems around this do I need to build? So I have the podcast, I have my community, I've got that going on, I've got a few email type funnels, etc. What else do you think could really like just turn it up? Before expanding outside of what you just mentioned, there are some other things you can do. And then I'll, I'll mention one other place that you could go search for expanded reach and, and such. But with your podcast, I mean, one of the big things I love about podcasting is it's a perfect place to showcase stories. And in season two, perhaps, or you can append the old episodes of season one with these, you can take stories of your successful students and you can tell a little bit about their story because that's where your prospects, your future customers are going to go, wow, that person is just like me or wow, I had the same doubts that they did. And, and these become essentially testimonials, but they're not testimonials in the sense that you go and ask this person to go, hey, tell me why my program was awesome. You ask them about what they were struggling with, how they were feeling before, and some of the biggest struggles they've had and what helped them. And of course, naturally through that, Catherine, your program is going to be mentioned and it becomes a very genuine, authentic, true life case study that supports your business. And in episode 275 of my podcast, for example, I interviewed three of my students all in one episode. It was about 15 minutes each all in one episode, and they were my beta students for my podcasting course. And what happened was after that episode, I, I had so many emails from people going, Pat, I didn't even know I needed to start a podcast. I was just listening to your show, and I really connected with Dr. B and what she said, and she's like the same age as me, and she was like, she's like over 60, and she started a podcast. So for everybody who was like, oh, I, I can't do it because it's too technical, like that busted that objection. And then the, Dr. Shannon was somebody who had an offline business going online, and that resonated with a lot of people who had offline businesses who wanted to go online, and she shared how her podcast helped support her with that. And then Rob, the third one, was a male, and he talked about his travel agency. So I was able to hit like all different kinds of people and all the different kinds of objections to basically go, wow, there's really no reason I shouldn't start a podcast. And, and I timed that, of course, perfectly with the week launch of my course. And it did very, very well. And so using your podcast with your email list and the group and the community that you have, I mean, can you imagine interviewing a success story on 
your podcast and then sharing that person and their success story on your in your group and having everybody comment on like how awesome that story was and you know there's like good feelings there and of course that also just supports the fact that everybody who's free in this group are going to go wow I need I need to get that program like and and of course people in your group are going to go yeah I have that program too like I, I remember speaking with that person man they're a hero of, of mine and just great feelings all around so even before you expand outward I mean there's some inward things you can do to really get people fired up Really interesting you say that because I did interview four of my patients for the shift. So I interviewed 24 experts and then four patients. And what was really interesting was we have a lot of video testimonials or written testimonials, but they're very short. And I spent an hour with my patients unpicking their story. And the value that I got from that, even just for myself, was amazing. So once the shift is released, we will start releasing the expert series. So that will be an episode each week on each of our experts, highlighting more of their story. And then we're going to release the patient series. So that will be then their stories unpacked like that as well. Perfect. Yeah. And use the group that you have to make those stories even more great, right? Like, paint that person as a hero to your community because they they represent them. They represent the people who are in your community who are not there yet, right? Or who are just like them. Yeah, 100%. That's great. Now, the other thing I was going to mention was affiliates. So if you have other key members in your network, other, uh, you know, it could even be these people, these experts who were interviewed on your show, other colleagues, this is a good time to use the podcast and your email and, and the group to connect with them. Maybe they have a program that would be a great supplement to yours and yours a great supplement to theirs. Getting another person who has the trust of an audience to endorse you is huge. It's huge for your show. So if you didn't even want to have like the products be a part of this discussion, it's just the show itself. Your podcast is a great way to get, for example, on another person's show and get all those podcast listeners who already have that app open, who are listening to that person's podcast, who are now hearing their favorite person interview you and then are just a tap away to subscribe to your show and the journeys that you're sharing there and the other experts that are on there too. Especially if that person was on your show, it's just like, hey, if you wanna listen to the episode where I was on Catherine's show, it's episode this of this season and you can check it out there and all the other great things. And so that's a great sort of lead into in a place where people are already opening up an app. I mean, this is why I'm not mentioning things like Facebook ads. I mean, Facebook ads work, but when you think about it, it's like a person's there not to see an ad and they, then they see your ad. They have to be compelled by the ad. Then they have to click open the app to go and listen to your podcast and then they have to press play. It, like they have to do seven different things before even listening to a word from you. I mean, it's so hard versus you're already on a, on a show where somebody else has earned the trust with that audience. So if you haven't yet thought about guest podcasting or getting on other people's shows, to collaborate with them, to add your expertise to their audience. I mean, that's that's going to be a huge way for you to grow. Absolutely. And that is something that we're focusing on. But I'm glad you brought up the affiliate stuff because for me, this is really new. So even online products are new for us. We had to spend a lot of time thinking, how do we translate what we do when somebody's in front of us into an online product that still works without having that encouragement and support, et cetera. But with affiliates, so for instance, if I have what I'm thinking is other practitioners that are non-competitive, so it might be chiropractors or osteopaths or doctors or whatever it is that want to recommend my program to their patients, is there a like gold standard with what people do in regards to payments or incentives for that or that type of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's different in every industry. I mean, you think about physical products and being an affiliate for things on Amazon. I mean, you can get five to 8%, which is like 
a tiny bit, but if you're recommending those products anyway, you might as well, and they definitely add up. But for programs and information, it can be upwards of 50% or even more, especially with if you have an online course then leads into the higher level virtual coaching program, you know that you're gonna make more money off of that virtual coaching program, but that way you can offer more to an affiliate to incentivize them more upfront. I've even seen some people offer their uh, online courses to affiliates for 100% commission, which is kind of insane. But when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, here's $197 to the affiliate. So you don't make any money off of that, but then you have a you know $20,000 program on the back end of it, right? Then it's like, okay, well, it makes sense to sort of almost consider that like advertising in a way where you're paying for that upfront and, and getting that qualified lead in. But 50% is, is pretty usual. 33% is, is not out of the norm as well. If it's for something a little bit more expensive, it's not often 50% because that's, you know, if it's a $2,000 product, a thousand is a lot. I mean, that's that's huge incentive and a person would be more likely to promote it with such an incentive. And, and there are big programs out there who do offer that. But even, you know, $250 per sign up, you know, which is 12.5%, but still, that's a lot of money for somebody coming in and, and that's often enough for a person to go, yeah, you know what, like I'm gonna put a little bit of juice behind this and promote it for Catherine because she's amazing and her stuff is in alignment with what I'm trying to teach, but not competition, it's supplemental and, and you know, it would make sense for me to do this because I get, you know, four people, that's $1,000 and, and, you know, they may have an audience already that might just bite into it. So the commission's kind of different, but, it, you know, really it's a gut check and sometimes what you can do is offer, you know, this is pretty standard, like 25%, right? However, there might be some special affiliates, super affiliates, if you will, who you have a great relationship with, who you just kind of might reward with a little bit more. And, you know, you can even tell them, you know, normally uh, have people, I, I pay out 25%, but for you, because because you're amazing and, and it seems like you're going to do a little bit more, I'm going to offer you, you know, 33% or even 50%. And so you can play around with it a little bit. There's no like, you know, one size fits all. Yeah, that's great. The other thing I'm conscious of is that it's easy for someone to hit buy and do an online program, but it's harder for them to actually finish it and get the results. What have you observed with people that have gone through your online programs? Like what are the things that stop them from succeeding? So this is a great question. Just overall, not even just my courses, but I know that the less a person pays, the less likely they are to finish a program. So I try to play in the premium course sandbox, not just because I know I have premium content that they can't get anywhere else, but also because I know that that investment that they put will mean they will take action. And actually my podcasting course, I don't know the exact percentage, but a lot of people tell me it's one of the only courses they've actually ever completed. And part of it is because there is somewhat of an investment up front, but also it's because I also hold their hand all the way through and I know exactly what they're going through and, and, and exactly the problems that I can help solve. There are some mechanisms that you can include in an online course that can help, for example, especially at the start, you, you don't know where people are gonna be held up. So allowing for people and giving people in your course permission to tell you when they're stuck, so important. A lot of online course creators don't want that because they might be just afraid to hear what they didn't do right, right? Or they just don't want to deal with people, which is kind of unfortunate. I say, if you're stuck anywhere, you let me know because then I can help you through that, but not only just help that one person, but I can create something like an extra PDF or some big note on that lesson that says, hey, this is a lesson where a lot of people get stuck. Here's what you can do. Here's likely what's going through your head. Here's how you know Sarah got through this and even feature her sort of get out of stuck at that point level, which is really great 
because people come to that and they go, oh, this looks like it's going to be harder, but it looks like Catherine already knows this is going to be hard and has given me the tools to make sure I get through this part. And I think it's just that that extra level of care, Catherine, is, it goes a very long way because the reason why in general, on average, people don't finish online courses is because the online course creators think it's just a create and then automate create and then automate, you know, as true as that is for the income side of things, you can create it once and then you can automate it and money can roll in. The truth is, if you really care about your audience, you're going to have to work a little bit harder to understand where they're getting stuck to help them through that process. You can even get it so sophisticated such that, and again, you don't want to overcomplicate, but this is something I I do and a, a number of other people do is if you know there's a lesson that people are stuck on, you can send an automated email when a person gets that lesson to drill in even more like and be a coach for them in an automated way through email. Like, hey, by the way, just noticed you got to module four. This module is extra hard, but it's so important. Here's why. Here are some of the things that have helped others who have gotten unstuck from this. And I just wanted to send you this email to let you know this stuff is coming and I'm here for you. There's even other mechanisms that we don't do, but other people have done, which is like if you see that a person is stuck in a module, like just based on time, they've been in a module for three weeks and you know it should only take them a few days, you can have an email fire out and go, hey, notice you were stuck in this module. Are you okay? Do you need any help? And wow, that just uh, like, whoa, you actually care about like you actually want me to finish this that's awesome and i think it's just the approach more than anything that you take and it sounds like you actually care about your people so likely you're you're going to get a good success rate with yours based on what i'm hearing that's um fantastic advice actually and not that difficult to do with the software that i'm using so thank you <laughs> cool you're welcome what are you using by the way uh kajabi kajabi yeah it's super sophisticated if you can understand how to use it it could be very very powerful so that's great Cool. We, I mean, we've covered a lot, Catherine. Any any other final things we can discuss to help you on your way? It sounds like things are going well and you're at that point where you're just kind of, you know, making sure you got all the pieces and, and hopefully this confirms a lot of what you're doing and, and hopefully is filled in some of the gaps for you too. No, I just wanted to say thank you. I've got a whole page of notes here and some really good advice that's really helpful at this stage. Great, great. Would it be helpful if I sent this recording to you? I know because we talked about a lot. Usually we focus on one micro thing on these episodes, but this is great. You, I feel like you came prepared with questions even. And would it be helpful if I just sent this audio file to you right after so you have it? Yes, please. That'd be wonderful. Okay. I'd be happy to do that. Cool. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on. One more time, where can people go? Where should people listen to you at? So The Shift with Catherine Maslin and theshiftclinic.com forward slash group. All right. Good luck to you and can't wait to hear back from you. Maybe we can connect way in the future and, and just see how things go. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. You rock. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Pat. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Catherine. And again, you can check her out at theshiftclinic.com or go and listen to her podcast, The Shift Podcast. And best of luck to you, Catherine, and to everybody else out there listening who gets inspired from these episodes and wants to take action. Like That's really what it's all about. Obviously, Catherine is an action taker and all of you are too. So make sure you do that. And if you wanna take action and also get coached just like Catherine did today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com, fill out the application there, and I may select you in the future and we'll coordinate and get on a call just like the one that you just heard. Big thanks to everybody who's been leaving reviews and also make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. August is just around the corner, which means my new book, Superfans, is about to hit the shelves and get your way. And if you want to get it early and pre-order it, you'll also get the audiobook for free once it comes out. So if you want to do that, askpat.com slash superfans. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And here's to you and your success. And I look forward to serving you in the next episode. Cheers and Team Flynn for the win. 
Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.